It's a residency at the House of M's. This is Triple M Nights with Dave Gleeson. Well, in my top three rockers whose voices match their guitar tone perfectly, I'm not even sure that makes sense, but their voices and their guitar blend together perfectly, I'd say there's Stevie Ray Vaughan, Ian Moss, and this bloke, Chris Cheney from The Living End. How are you, mate? <laughs> I'm fantastic after that intro. Mate, the way That's you're... a very interesting way to put it. I Thank you, Dave. It's amazing. And when I hear you singing acoustically, just yourself and the guitar, just the blend is, is, is uh, right up there with the greatest I've ever heard. So I really do enjoy listening to that. Um, now, you've got a solo album coming out. I do have a solo album coming out. Awesome. It's taken me, it's taken me a few years to do it. <laughs> And I guess the burning question is, well, why are you doing a solo record? And the simple answer is because I want to. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to, but I wanted to. And I, I had songs that I didn't feel that really fit what The Living End does. So you, it's good to sort of break out on your own and experiment a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure. And and that's the thing. I mean, you, just because you're, uh, you're obviously your main vehicle is The Living End, it's uh, I, I can tell your influences are many and varied. So I, I, I guess it would only follow that there'd be some songs you'd think, well, that's not really a Living End song. And you're the, you're, you're the perfect person to, to make that delineation. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've always sort of written a lot of different styles of music and lots of different types of songs and i've really liked in the last couple of years sort of writing songs for other people Uh um you know but yeah i guess i had some songs that i thought you know should be very piano heavy or have strings and pedal steel and and so because i was living in america i had an opportunity to go to nashville and so i ended up there um making it's you know kind of a country record um and i finished that album and there was 10 songs and then i've Six of them I've scrapped, actually. Right. <laughs> and then I wrote more songs in LA and then more songs when I got back to Melbourne. So it's a very well-rounded kind of album now, but it still has a little bit of that Nashville kind of feel to it. But yeah, it's it's definitely, um, yeah, it has a different flavour to what The Living End does, and I, I couldn't be happier. And and look, I'm a mad country fan myself, and I find there's a certain honesty that you can uh, that you can put into writing more kind of rootsy country stuff um, that that kind of doesn't sit so well in in rock music. You know, you've got to be a little bit more kind of obtuse, I reckon, in in rock. Yeah, well, that that is one of the things with this album is that it's deeply personal to the point where some of it was quite uncomfortable to to listen to at times. And you know, I mean. We've all got our own sort of personal demons, and I've certainly had mine over the last few years, and we don't have enough time or a strong enough drink (laughs) (laughs) to really get into it. But it was very important to me to to strip everything back to just my voice and, Uh and, and lyrically. That's what the record was about. And so the first song, for example, is just piano and a little bit of guitar, and it's just me kind of singing, which, you know, I would never have let that go in the old days. I'd have the wall of guitars and all that sort of stuff. But I found the more stripped back everything was and the more that my voice was up in, up in the front, the more honesty and the more pain and the more confronting that it was, the better the song sounded, you know, and there's a, there's a lesson to be learnt in that. Sure, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it, it's such a personal thing, anyway. Songwriting, isn't it? But um, there's there's certainly different different um, areas that you let more personal stuff out in, and then there's things that you keep to yourself. Yeah, well, there was a few songs that I'll I'll admit to you hit the um, ended up on the cutting room floor because it was just too painful for right. certain people in my life to hear. But it's a funny thing, you know. I I found that for a while there 
it's not that I wanted to write songs about what I was dealing with. It's that I couldn't write about anything else. Mm, mm. <laughs> so it was the only thing that was coming out. And I guess it's a form of therapy, you know, in a way, was to put it into a song and to be able to express myself that way. A lot of people can't do that. So it was, it was very sort of healing. But, yeah, as I said, there was, there was a few tunes that um, were a little too raw to right. the nerve. Now, um, obviously, the other boys in the band, are they, are they stoked that you're doing, supportive of, of you doing this, or are they a bit worried you might go all Bernard Fanning on their ass and uh, <laughs> leave them in your wake? Yeah. <laughs> no, um, they haven't said as much, no. They've, they've, they've been very supportive since day one, actually. They've, um, yeah, I showed Andy the video clip that I just made for it, and, you know, there's another band. It's like, it's like the right. other girl or something. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, and he was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I love it. And he said, the drummer steals the show. He's the star of the clip. I'm like, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'm the star. Of the- I should be the star of the clip. But he, um, they're both very supportive. They've given me all the time in the world that I need. And they know that I'm, I'm not going to stray too far. Yeah. That, yeah. that at the end of the day, you know, this is um, that little band that we started when we were 10 years old is always going to be kind of the priority. Yeah, a couple of young fellas from Wheeler's Hill. I actually looked up Wheeler's Hill, and um, it says notable persons from said place. You. Does it really? <laughs> it does. It does. Really? Um, but That's to, amazing. To, to start off with, Scotty, uh, meeting by chance, as you did, um, um, through your older sisters, um, and then to, to have these dreams that you did as young fellas and thinking as, as you were developing your, your musical style and that, did you ever, for one minute, think you'd be playing at Reading or touring the states on the Vans Warp tour and stuff like that? Was that always a dream? They're always dreams. Aren't yeah. they? I mean, you think you might have a chance. You think you might be good enough. You know, you you play the corner and you sell it out, and you think, yes, we're on our way. But as <laughs> you know, the whole thing can turn around in six months, and you can be, you know, back in your garage again. Mm, mm. So, but we definitely dreamed big. You know, we were always very driven and very uh, determined, even like just doing our own shirts and our own posters yep. and just the whole DIY thing. But I tell you what, it was pretty amazing. In 2019, we found ourselves touring the UK with the Stray Cats and we were playing um, at the Hammersmith Odeon. And I remember saying to him that night, can you believe this? Like, <laughs> we started out as a Stray Cats cover band. They were our heroes. They were absolutely untouchable. Mm-hmm. And they had broken in England, basically, in 1980 or whatever. Not only did we get to sort of meet those guys and we, we had our own level of success, we were there in England playing with them on their 40th anniversary. <laughs> and that, So that was our favorite, one of our favorite bands. The other favorite band for Scott was Midnight Oil. And Not the following yet. week, we flew in and we played the Big Red Bash in the Simpson Desert with Midnight Oil. And the two of us were just like, how did this happen? <laughs> you know, we were as big of fans as anyone. It wasn't just that we wanted to be successful. We were fans of those bands. Mm-hmm. So just... To see them play was enough. To meet them was enough. And then to play with them on a, opposite sides of the world is, I mean, practice your guitar, kids, because you never know. <laughs> you never it know can happen it to you. I still, yep. I still get a bit of a rush when, when Barnsley comes and says, G'day, Dave, how you going? I go, Barnsley knows who I am. Rock on. <laughs> I know. It's like that. Well, because he's, um, he's so good, mm. isn't he? You know, and- he's just so good. 
And like as you say, you start off as fans, and that's that's and and it brought back to me making your own T-shirts and doing your own poster runs and getting caught by the cops putting up posters on bus shelters and stuff like that. It was also there was such an energy and such a a, a, a right now, right here thing about it that you kind of uh, I, I look back on those days just with with absolute joy, including the. Endless hours in um, in high ace vans and setting up and taking down and all that stuff. That's right. It's it's all character building, and I we were always firm believers in it's just good old fashioned hard work. I think our parents sort of instilled that into us. You know, just roll up your sleeves, and it's just um, you know elbow grease. There's nothing that can. There is things these days like television shows and. Mm talent shows on TV that apparently you can get really famous really quick, <laughs> but uh, we all know how that ends. Yeah, and yeah. I think we, it, for us, it was like, it was just play gigs, put up posters. It just, there's no quick way here, but just to build it and build it and build it. And that's why we still have the same fans now that we had back then. And you guys would have been exactly the same. Absolutely. Now uh, back to your album. Who, uh, who did you enlist the, uh, the help of to, uh, to play on the album? Well, in Nashville, it was a bunch of guys I actually didn't know. Um, I had a producer called Skylar Wilson who just enlisted um, all these young guys, which was because I sort of thought if I go to Nashville and make a country record or, or if I use the players there, they're going to be those old school kind mm. of guys. Maybe even they've played with Elvis or something. Who knows? <laughs> but they were all young guys, which was great because they had a really contemporary sort of approach. And it wasn't the atypical kind of country licks over everything. So that was who I used there, and um, in LA, I hooked up with a guy called Justin Stanley. Oh, what a who, guy, what a man! You would, you would know him, yeah. Who is an Aussie who's been over there forever, and he played drums and put strings and stuff on a couple of the songs that I wrote there. And then the songs that I wrote here, I played everything on, and just had a drummer in Sydney play over the top, basically. So it's really it's a real mismatch of kind of the way it's been pieced together, but it sounds, you know technology it sounds cohesive i'm real man um so the album comes out in june the single that we're going to play uh on this show right now is called california tell us a little bit about or well i bet it's based around being in california <laughs> good guess Very good guess yeah you know because i sort of moved back mm. here uh when the pandemic hit i just sort of fled la it was just didn't feel like a very safe place to be we didn't we didn't really know what was ahead with with any of this virus and all that. So I um, arrived back here and all of a sudden went into, you know, the first of six lockdowns mm. and those palm trees and that sunshine and all that seemed very far away all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And so I, I was bet. really missing it. Um, and that song just kind of came out, you know, and it, it has this 80s kind of Rick Springfield, Tom Petty kind of feel mm. to it. And it's got a bit of that Laurel Canyon kind of Beach Boysy vibe. And so... It's just basically like a, a love letter to, to California saying, you know, it'll still all be there. You know, if I ever get back, it'll still be there. Yeah. Because yeah. how long did you, did you end up living over there? Nine years. Nine years. Wow. And uh, are, you, are you planning to tour it at any time, get a band together and uh, go around? I am, yeah. Awesome. It's, it's, it's hard to know when that's going to happen at this point, but um, yeah, absolutely. I've already done some shows with a band and they've been great so yeah that's the plan awesome get out mate. there and do it 
Well, it'll be fantastic whatever guys we see you in, whether it's with The Living End or out there performing the, the songs off your new album. Good luck with it, mate. And um, I'll be seeing you somewhere around the traps very shortly. You will. Thank you very much. All right. Rock on, mate. All Cheers. Right. See, see you, Chris. Ya. Bye.